whatever your product is to have, you know, if it's, if it's printables or invitations, you know, try and create, we'll say 20 of them so that you can launch with a shop that looks like you have something, or if it's jewelry or or whatever, try and have a, a decent inventory. The name I think is always the hardest part to come up with. And then just be ready to answer questions that people might have. Try and find shops that you think look very professional and, you know, kind of gather information from them to present yourself professionally as well. And treat it like a, if you want a full-time income, treat it like a full-time job. Hey, this is Heath Padgett and welcome to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast, episode 169. The RV Entrepreneur is a podcast for anyone who's interested in downsizing their life, creating remote income, and working from anywhere. Recording today's podcast from Denton. This is the first episode I've actually recorded in a couple of months. We had our conference. Uh, Alyssa and I are getting ready for the birth of our firstborn daughter. And just life has been a little bit crazy lately. And I haven't uh, been able to sit down and just record the podcast. So I'm excited to have another episode going live for you guys today. Today's episode is with my good friend, Emily Burton. Among being a friend and full-time RVer, Emily is also a top 1% seller on Etsy through her shop called The Paper Giraffe. With over 1,300 reviews, Emily has been able to carve out a niche for herself by largely selling printables on Etsy. And if you've never heard of printables, they're actually a pretty incredible business for travelers because you carry zero inventory. You're just selling that printables, designs, and cards and invitations that people can print off at home to use for whatever they want. So you don't have to carry inventory and all that good stuff as you travel. In today's episode, we dig into a lot of different topics, mostly related to Etsy, like what Emily would do differently if she were starting her store today, what she's done to differentiate herself from other sellers on Etsy, and which of her products have sold the best and why. Pump for you guys to listen to this episode with Emily Burton. Let's go. Emily, thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. This is very exciting. (laughs) (laughs) We actually met uh, a couple years ago. I'm trying to think of the first conversation we had, but I want to say that you had reached out like uh, maybe two years ago about specifically getting involved and and helping with campground booking. And then I learned about your Etsy shop and all these other things. But I I don't know if you remember exactly like where kind of when we first met. Right. Face to face, we met at the Tampa RV, RV show. show. Yeah, that was not this past year, but the year before. And then, but before that, yeah, I think I had reached out to you about helping with, you know, doing some extra work for you. And then I probably, and then of course, I just every once in a while sent you guys emails saying how much I love the <laughs> podcast and that kind of stuff. Well, it's been it's been awesome getting to to visit with you and getting to work with you on on some projects, but. Uh, I'm excited for this episode to dig into your Etsy store. I found out during the research uh, and part of this, uh, before this episode, I was talking with Kelsey, uh, my podcast editor, for those of you who don't know, and she was telling me that you were in the 1% of all Etsy stores, which apparently Kelsey pointed out to you as well, that you didn't know yes. that. 
So that was very exciting. That made my day, if not my year. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's get into kind of the early stages of your Etsy store, um, which you're now doing from the road. I know you guys mm-hmm. hit the road like almost a year ago and started traveling and your Winnebago intent, which is that's one of the rigs that's actually near and dear to my heart because I was able to kind of work on some launch, the launch behind the scenes launch for that in the Revel and the Horizon with Winnebago. Uh, like a year and a half ago. So I was excited that that was the RV that you chose for your family. Uh, Anyway, so you have now had the paper draft on Etsy since 2012. Is that right? Yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. So how did you uh, like what were what originally inspired you to kind of want to get on Etsy and start your store? So we had, you know, I had my son in 2011 and I was definitely going to be a stay at home mom, not going back to work. And so, I, you know, I did that for a year and I had a friend who had an Etsy shop and she kept encouraging me to start my own Etsy shop. She was a stay at home mom with now she has three kids and I kept saying, no, 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 I can't do it. It's going to be too much, blah, blah, blah. And then I discovered that, you know, I could do something maybe during nap time or something like that. And I wanted to do something. So I started a similar shop to what she had, which was invitations. And then as the years went on, it just, you know, there were some years I worked less because I needed to help Liam more in school or some years I worked more because he was in school full time. And, and it's just, I love it. I just love my shop so much. (laughs) I mean, you have you now have over thirteen hundred reviews of your products. You're almost at ten thousand uh, sales uh, on Etsy, which it's pretty cool that it shows like the total number of sales on the front page of the store. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, I guess I want to dig into some of the things that you've learned over time. But just as far as when you were getting started with your store, did you pick invitations and things like that just because like your friend? was that's kind of what she did. And so that's kind of what you knew. Or did you kind of look at it as a whole and and feel like you could start something different that other people weren't doing, if that makes sense? Right. I probably started with invitations more because that's what she was telling me worked (laughs) so well. And that was a good place to start. I Before doing the digital invitations, like a few years before, I tried to do like actual invitations where I printed them and, you know, all kinds of stamping and different things like scrapbooking type stuff. And that was a ton of work. So I definitely liked that idea of doing invitations for people, but this digital form was so much easier and better for me. Yeah. How long was it before you decided to scrap that, the actual physical like shipping and all of that? Um, I probably did that for a few months (laughs) and then (laughs) got a few big orders and that was it. (laughs) Do you remember after you launched your Etsy store, how many, well, how many products did you launch with? I would probably, hmm, I have to say 10 maybe. Okay. And do you remember remember how many I started with now? And do you remember how long it took before you got your first sale on Etsy? It wasn't long because I started around Valentine's Day and I started with Valentine's as well. Mm. And I would say within the first week for sure, I was getting orders, which was, you know, shocking and exciting and yeah that's all i mean that's kind of the thing with with etsy is that it's it's a marketplace right and it's one of the biggest out there so that is the cool thing about it is that you don't you can you have that built-in marketing channel so you don't have to worry about you know creating your own site 
um, and then getting the word out there and things like that. Essentially, you're kind of looking at more of what's the algorithm, how can you find a product that works and, and get it out there. And then if you do that, it, ha- it can happen pretty quickly. Right. And that's a, the great thing with Etsy or if you were to sell on Amazon, it's they have the audience. So it wasn't like I just opened my own website and I think it would take much longer to do it that way um, to get sales. Totally. So you started with you were doing physical stuff. And then after a few months, you said no more. And now you switched and you only sell printables. And so for somebody that's never heard of a printable, which I actually hadn't until this podcast, uh, and I inter- I've interviewed a few people who do printables. Um, can uh-huh. you kind of explain like what exactly that is? I know it's kind of self-explanatory in the name, but just for people who maybe don't know what a printable is. Right. Because, yeah, a lot of people don't know. So a printable is an item that you buy online that you print out at home. You print out at home or you have printed out somewhere. So you're buying the digital file, either a PDF or a JPEG file usually. And then, like I said, you print it out on your home printer or you take it to, you know, like an Office Depot or something to to print out. Right. And then with, uh, so with your designs, you have a lot of invitations and you call them printable parties. So with your audience, does that most, what does that mostly consist of? Is this like maybe uh, parents who are throwing a party for their kids and want to like send out invitations? Is that kind of a big part of your, your customer base on Etsy? Right. I do a lot of kids' birthday parties. So a lot of first birthdays. I've had some customers where I've done first birthday and I'm still doing their kids' birthday. So they just come to me automatically. Oh, now it's the fifth birthday and... So, but I do some baby shower invitations and like I said, a lot of kids' birthday parties, so kind of younger themes, Um, but I can do, you know, 40th birthday parties if I have some of those in my shop too. Gotcha. So if I, if I was wanting to get started on Etsy, what, like, what are some of the things that you have to be thoughtful of when you're first getting into it? Like you, you have a really cool name, Paper Draft, it's fun, it's memorable, Mm -hmm. So how did you kind of, how'd you pick your name and you, you already just mentioned how you decided on your products, but I guess what are some of those first things that you need to know if you're going to start an Etsy store that you would share now that you've been doing this for seven years? Yeah, I would say whatever your product is to have, you know, if it's, if it's printables or invitations, you know, try and create, we'll say 20 of them. So that you can launch with a shop that looks like you have something or if it's jewelry or or whatever, try and have a, a, you know, decent inventory. The name, I think, is always the hardest part to come up with. Um, And then just be ready to answer questions that people might have. Try and find shops that you think look very professional and, you know, kind of gather information from them to present yourself professionally as well and treat it like a, if you want a full-time income, treat it like a full-time job. Yeah. And did you have experience in design? Not like graphic design. I just like to be artsy. So I think that, you know, I like putting things together. So in that design format, but I cannot create the actual graphic, the clip art. I buy all the clip art. Where do you, where do you buy your clip art from? Pretty much all on Etsy. So there's stores that just sell clip art on Etsy. Do you have like a favorite um, shop that you buy a lot, of, like your go-to for buying clip art? 
Not necessarily. Um, I kind of just look for what I'm looking for and then see who has it. Like the theme I'm looking for. Gotcha. Yeah, there's one lady, Erin Bradley Designs. I do like her. I've bought a lot of stuff from her and she's very nice. And So I, I think that's an actually a pretty encouraging point for people who don't consider themselves graphic designers or anything like that is that you don't actually have to like start and create your own designs from scratch. Like you can actually go buy a bunch of the clip art and kind of piece things together for your own printables. And is there a limit on how many times if you buy a clip art from somebody, can you use that for infinity, you know, like printables? Like, is there a maximum limit? How does that work? There's not really a maximum. I mean, some will tell you that most of the shops I buy from, they'll say this is good or can be you personal use or small business commercial use. So I would be that small business. They don't really say how many times you can use it or reset, you know, in your designs. But there are some people that make you buy a license to use it in your designs. And I just bought one of those recently and the license was $25, which is kind of a lot, but I really liked her design. So (laughs) her clip art. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, for 25 bucks, I mean, you only need to sell a handful of products to pay for that back. Exactly. Yeah. So I wasn't, I wasn't worried. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so you going through, like, let's kind of go through the whole product creation to selling process for you. So you kind of have an idea of a card that you want to create. I'm actually just going to go, I have your store pulled up. So we're just going to look at it right now. Mm-hmm. So we've got okay. the paper draft shop, print cut party. And up here, we've got the first birthday chalkboard poster. This is adorable. So, oh, with, thank you. so with this product, it's 1650 and mm-hmm. 22 pounds and 29. So basically you bought how much of this you've got like little girls in Wonder Woman outfits and other superheroes, uh-huh. which is adorable. By the way, I'm going to have to buy this for our daughter on her first birthday because it's yes. awesome. And so <laughs> how a good discount. <laughs> yeah. So did you everything on this, your entire card is clip art that you've bought. Is that right? The, the pictures, yeah, of the little superheroes. That's clip art that I bought. And it was just one set of clip art. Gotcha. Um, and then, like, you see there's a, a five that kind of looks like from a comic book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a separate set. So that's clip art. And then the fonts, sometimes you have to buy them or sometimes they're they're free. Gotcha. And uh, so you so you buy the clip art you come up with kind of the default wording that you want to put on here and Mm -hmm. then you upload it to your admin section of Etsy and then ship it out there and kind of just wait for sales to come in. And then when somebody buys a piece of clip art from you, I mean, it buys one of your printables, you get an email, Hey, you have a sale. How often do you have like, what's the ongoing support look like you we were talking beforehand, you're selling about 150 on average printables a month ranging Mm -hmm. from, maybe a few dollars to $25. Is that right? Right, exactly. So what is like the ongoing maintenance and support look like once you actually have your products in your store? So a lot of my items are customized with or personalized with the customers or their child's information. So once I make a sale, then they give me like the child's name or, you know, the date of the party. And then I personalize it for them and email it to them. 
And that can take me, if it's just, you know, like they don't want a lot of changes. So just the basic information has changed. It could take me five to 10 minutes to fill the order and get it out to them once I sit down and do it. So <laughs> gotcha. I mean, but that's, that's pretty low maintenance and the perk of having an all printables business. And uh, I was talking to Kelsey about this cause she launched her Etsy store last month and she did 50 uh, printables in her first month that she was excited. I was like, are you, you know, she makes these amazing like three dimensional cards that are really custom. And she was like, I refuse to go back to shipping, uh, you know, mm-hmm. physical things and having to, you know, deal with address labeling and things like that. So the, the major perk of a printables based business, especially for our viewers is that you have no inventory and you, and yeah. very, very minimal overhead. Yes. And yeah, you don't have to worry about mailing anything or like, you know, like she's probably saying, you know, you don't have to have tons of paper in your RV and, uh, you know, all kinds of equipment to cut the paper. And so it's great because I could, you know, be anywhere and just open my computer, fill an order and done. Yeah. So after you you launch your store and you have a base of 10 to 20 designs in there for, for your product, whether it's printables or something else that you're shipping from Etsy, how do you continue to grow your store past the point of, you know, whatever is is getting sent to you? Kind of how do you optimize and get to the top? Um, because that's kind of the key if you're selling in a marketplace, whether it's Amazon or Etsy, is figuring out the algorithm that is going to get you featured, get you recommended, and things like that. So how have you went from those early initial sales to, uh, you know, being in the top 1% of sellers on Etsy? I would say definitely just consistency and, you know, working at my shop every day. Um, but Etsy did have a change with their algorithm pretty much a year ago. And so it has been harder to be found on Etsy. And, you know, now it used to just be, it's there. I don't know. It was so much easier to be found when I first started. Maybe there was less competition. That could be too. Mm. But just in the past year, you know, a lot of shops are complaining about sales dropping and not being found like they used to be. So now, you know, a lot of people are selling courses on SEO, how to figure out the SEO for Etsy, which of course I bought one and bought a course. And um, so there is kind of been like a new learning curve with Etsy. Yeah. With um, talking about resources, whether it's been a course or book or website, do you follow anybody in the Etsy world? Because I imagine like anything, there's going to be people who are like, I'll teach you how to crush it on Etsy kind of thing. Have you found any resources in particular over the past few years that have been more helpful than others in, you know, growing your Etsy store? There's one lady, her name is Dahlia. She has the handmade mastermind and I have, that's whose SEO course I bought. And she does a lot of Facebook lives and she really helps with a lot of uh, information for Etsy sellers. What's been maybe two of the biggest takeaways from her course and community that have helped you the most, like that you've actually taken and put into use in your store? Well, part of it is just finding that community of of other Etsy sellers. For a long time, it was just me. You know, like I didn't, it didn't seem like Etsy sellers kind of chatted amongst each other. So just finding that community has been a big help for me. But she's definitely taught some good SEO strategies are like, oh, yeah, that's what I should be doing. So certainly the SEO and then just having a community, somebody to reach out to, to, to ask questions, because you can't really ask Etsy questions. 
there's not really a customer service for sellers. Interesting. You would think that a big platform like Etsy like has a community built in for their sellers. They do have some forums and stuff, but then I always found those to be kind of just like complaint sessions. So, <laughs> so this is a positive community that I found, which is nice. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I have a question specific to reviews on Etsy. You have over 1,300 reviews, and I think that any marketplace, like reviews are the lifeblood almost. It's mm -hmm. like if somebody's going to make a decision on a marketplace, then reviews are that source of credibility. It's almost like in in, pre, in like previous era before internet, the validity of products and services were the brands behind them. You know, like you trust Hilton, you trust other people. And now that it's all peer-to-peer, um, you know, like with Airbnb and marketplaces where individuals are selling, it's all reviews. Like, how, can I trust this source? So how have you went about getting so many reviews on Etsy? I think just trying to be friendly when I do the jobs. I mean, I do think Etsy send, well, they encourage people to give reviews, Etsy itself. So they'll send you a reminder email saying you have a, you know, you have a review to leave. Um, so some people just click, you know, the stars and then some people leave actual comments. And I haven't really asked for reviews, but I think just trying to almost form a friendship with some of my customers has, you know, made them leave very nice reviews. Yeah, no, that that makes sense. With um, with your products, like once it once you went live, how many new products do you actually create a month? And I'm sure it's it's different. But mm -hmm. do you is there a number of products that you aim to like add into your store each month? Well, I haven't been very good at that lately, but <laughs> I would love to add at least one new invitation a week. And I have tons to add that are new, but I haven't had a chance to go through the list, you know, to add them in my shop. So sometimes people ask me, like I have a golf invitation now that a repeat customer came back and said, oh, can you do a golf theme this year? And I did it and sent it to her, but I still haven't added it to my shop. So <laughs> So I would say definitely a goal will be once a week to add one or two new products because that helps too with your algorithm, adding new stuff all the time. Yeah, no, that makes sense. It seems like you, you do quite a bit of seasonal products as well. Is that something that you kind of realize if just branching out of generic parties and things like that, you could kind of capitalize on holidays if you had a you know specific Valentine's Day card or you know, Christmas card or something like that. Right. Yeah. I was looking for things that could kind of help in the lull of, okay, maybe people aren't planning birthday parties, but they're planning something with Christmas, you know, Christmas tags or, or I started uh graduation signs because the summer was kind of slow for me. So I was like, well, what can I do that can make something, you know? Yeah. What's, what's been the best and worst printable like that you've ever done like one that got zero sales and one that did really well and what do you think what did you learn from that because i feel like that's some that's part of running a, you know a marketplace type store is just throwing things out there and seeing what people really like and what resonates with them you know right right you know there's quite a few that have never made sales <laughs> okay okay so. well that's i mean i think that's good for setting up expectations like if you're wanting to start an etsy store realizing that like every product that you put up there especially if it's a printable that is not you know, taking you crazy amounts of time, like you shouldn't expect sales on, on every single thing. Right. And some you just want in there just to have to, you know, to have your numbers be more to look like you have more stuff. So you just keep renewing it, even though it doesn't sell. 
and it costs 20 cents to renew. So it's like, oh, that's fine. You know, someday it'll sell. <laughs> um, but I have one invitation that's a farm theme that so sells, hasn't sold too much lately, but it, it does sell like crazy. And it's like, wow. The farm birthday invitation for kids. Yeah. What do you think about that one? It's just like a cute, lots of people have farm themes, birthday for little kids, maybe. Yeah, I think it's a good theme for kids. Like we had a farm theme birthday party for Liam when he was little. And I, I also, if it does sell, then it, that helps too with the algorithm too. So like sometimes just by one sale, you'll sell like the same invitation, you know, three or four times in a row just because it helped give it the algorithm juice that it needed. Yeah. But I do think that that's a good theme for kids. Gotcha. How have, if at all, things changed now that you guys started traveling full time in the past year? Like you'll hit the road, something you've been, you guys have been planning a long time. Like how has it changed now that you're able to go out and, you know, spend time exploring places and things like that? And you also still have your Etsy store. I'd like to do like take some really cool pictures places and incorporate them somehow, even if it's just the like a picture of my son in a cool place, but at, use that as the photo for the invitation. Hmm. So I don't think too much has changed with my Etsy shop other than like, where's internet? You know, yeah, <laughs> sure you yeah. have internet. do you feel like now you can't, I mean, obviously one of the perks of having something like an Etsy store that's digital products, that's, you know, pretty well uh, maintained outside of your time is that you can spend it with your family or doing whatever you want. And now that you're able to like travel, do you, do you feel like it's changed your perception of your Etsy store? Like you like it more because you realize now you're actually getting to do, you know, maybe more things that you wanted to do. If that makes sense. I don't know if that's a dumb question. I'm just wondering. Yeah, no, that if, yes, probably I do like my shop even more now <laughs> because I feel like it's giving us this opportunity or certainly helping with this opportunity of traveling full time. The reason I ask is because it's like most of the time for, for many people, the idea with creating uh, a business that you can run from anywhere is the fact that you, uh, like the, the income is a means to an end for most people. Like you maybe mm -hmm. enjoy, you hopefully enjoy the thing that you're getting to do, but you, you're creating the income so you can either travel or go on hikes or spend time kayaking or whatever that thing is that you really enjoy doing, you know, whether it's time with family or whatever, um, mm -hmm. or maybe it's, you love your business. And so you just want to work on that all the time. And in the, in the, in that case, you may as well not really move around as much, but I, you know, that's, that's kind of why I asked because it's like, now you're, you've created a buffer for you guys to have more free time on the road. Like those 150 or 200 sales that are coming in each month from Etsy are more time that you're able to go out and appreciate the new places that you guys are going. Right. It, it definitely gives you the flexibility because there's not, I mean, there are a lot of jobs you can do from the road, but you know, this is a great option. Yeah. I love it. Well, if you were going to start over, like start a new Etsy store today, what would you do differently, if anything? Um, I'm not sure I would do too much differently because I think that my store has evolved. And like I said, with the algorithm changes, that's something I'm evolving, evolving through now. But maybe have more what they call instant download items, which is where 
I list it and the person buys it and I don't have to customize it at all. Hmm. Um, but that also wasn't an option when I first started instant downloads. So everything I had to email before. So instant downloads now are automatic. Oh, that is nice. Yeah. Once I list it, I'm done like pretty much. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So maybe more of that. And actually I would like to do more of that just kind of as a real passive income. I love it. Well, where can people uh, learn more about you and follow you guys and the paper giraffe? Yeah. So the paper giraffe shop on Etsy and basically everywhere else, the paper giraffe <laughs> shop um, on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. That's, I do post pictures of our travels on Instagram sometimes. So awesome, Emily. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. I appreciate being on it. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed that episode with Emily. If you want to check out the show notes, as always, go over to heathandalyssa.com and click on podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. Have an amazing day.